0: Welcome to our podcast-like thing. Uh, Today we're talking about something we put out, our second quarterly update. Talking about our numbers, our uh, first six months in this little experiment in the booming newsletter economy. I am Hank Stevenson, co-founder of the Arizona Agenda. With me is Rachel Leingang, also co-founder of the Arizona Agenda. And we wanted to kind of get our readers up to speed on where we're doing business-wise. We're part of the first group of Substack Local awardees, and maybe we should start there. Um, Kind of explain how our funding works and what we're trying to achieve in the first year of being a publication.
1: So the very basic top line here is we were one of, I believe, a dozen people across the world who got... Um, for us, it was $100,000 kind of spread out over one year. Um, in exchange for that, Substack takes the majority of, them, of the subscription funds that we get for this first year. So we basically have one year to build up to being financially solvent on our own. And what we've decided we need for that is probably along the lines of, 120,000 or more, considering the fees and stuff like that, um, and to pay two people. We'd love more than that, but that's kind of our baseline that we're going to. So all that said, where we are now is a little more than halfway to that. So it's about halfway through our year, and we are about halfway to where we wanna be, which would sound good on paper, but we're not really celebrating that yet.
0: No, and I think that's because the first quarter was just explosive growth. Um, And quarter two, uh, to put it frankly, kind of sucked. We grew, but we also took a month off. We also spent a month with COVID and shingles. Uh, So the growth was a lot slower. And I think we expected that, but it's kind of disheartening to see these huge spikes early on and then kind of plateaus with mini spikes since then.
1: Yeah, I I think psychologically it is difficult because we were like very excited right away and, oh, wow, this could actually work. And just to give some backstory too, we didn't go into this thinking it would succeed necessarily. (laughs) I don't want to say we thought it would fail, but we, we were like, it's going to be very difficult to start a fully successful company that can employ two people within one year in an industry like journalism, which is, you know, not the healthiest really. So we didn't, we were like, we're gonna have a really good year. And at the end of it, we'll probably go back to, you know, normie jobs. (laughs) But pretty early on, we we saw that we could actually make this work. And so we've really worked our asses off since then to try to get to that point. But there, I mean, life comes into it. We needed to take time off at some point. We've conformed our time off to when people aren't really paying attention to legislative news. And that didn't really affect people leaving. Like we didn't lose subscribers because of it, but we didn't gain any either. And so it kind of like hindered the momentum. And then we expected January to be kind of running out the gate and instead um, our bodies betrayed us, which is, you know, kind of what happened to everyone in January. It seemed like everybody was a little ill. So all these things that uh, in a normal situation you would take vacation or you would take paid time off we can't do that we still are we put out the newsletter every morning in January and that was really the maximum of what we could do and that was fine I was proud of that we could even make it through that but um it really did slow things down a bit
0: so what were the good things in the last three months Rachel?
1: The really cool thing is, it, there is a lot of confirmation that when we, whenever we do, you know, original reporting, people want to read it. And our morning newsletter, which is mostly, I mean, it's some original reporting with, with mostly kind of aggregation or just kind of putting together the day's uh, news with some of our add-ons. Um, that is really a good bread and butter. We can see that a lot of people start their day with that, and I think that's so cool. I mean, it's just an honor to have you know built a part of people's morning routines in such a short period of time um and then i think the fact that we haven't had a backslide at all is is exciting as well
0: well there was that one day where we dipped in subscribers
1: i think we lost like three people (laughs) it wasn't very many people but
0: but that dip anytime you go down you know it just it kills me um yeah I was looking at kind of the back end numbers and just not necessarily what brought in the most subscribers, but what got the most traffic in the last um, three months or so. And when we uh, came back in January, we had a little redistricting cheat sheet that was wildly popular with the internet. Um, In February, we had a little uh, kind of breakdown of the you know, typical border videos that every Republican politician must put out these days, and that did well on the internet. And then um, just uh, last week, we had that piece on Marco Lopez that uh, also created a nice little spike on the uh, chart there.
1: Yeah, I think the the difficulty is, you know, our morning email does take a, it takes a lot of time. I We don't, we never really know if it looks like it takes a lot of time, but just rest assured, it is, it is a, it's an undertaking. Um, but we can't really lose that and just keep the original reporting. Um, it's We really do need to do both. It's just that there's only two of us. So we had asked people for feedback on getting rid of um, a Friday edition that we added in January. That wasn't, I mean, it had the same daily traffic that the newsletter normally does, but the amount of time it took and what it took away from our reporting time for original pieces was just not, the trade-off wasn't there for us. So we do routinely adjust how we do things. And uh, we, I mean, thank you for your patience on that, because there's really no way to get around it. But um, I think we're trying to figure out our rhythm still, trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. And then also keeping in mind that we wanted to do something different for a reason. And some of those things that are different like explaining how things work and, you know, the cause and effect of passing laws that are really important to me, especially. Um, They don't find a viral audience like a straightforward political scoop will, but that doesn't mean that they aren't valuable. So um, trying not to let just the the viral nature of the internet be the only thing that dictates what you believe is successful is still something that's kind of difficult at times.
0: So how are you feeling? Scale from one to ten.
1: Oh, I mean, I'm I'm fully medicated, so I feel great all the time. But like beyond that, I mean about the business or what?
0: Yes, about the business. Not <laughs> how uh, much drugs do you have in you right now? Oh well,
1: yeah. I mean, um I mean I think there's a lot that has surprised me because like I said, we didn't go into this thinking it would be successful at all. And here we are on a path to success. And in a way, that is scarier to me than if we had just like straightforwardly realized early on that it wasn't going to work. You know, now we feel like we have a responsibility to see this out as as good as it can be. I mean, I don't know. How about you?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I'm stressed out with where we are in total annual revenue, because even if we hit 120 grand, that is our bare minimum to continue. And that assumes we continue to grow through year two, you know, to kind of make up for the... A uh, very slim pay that that affords um but i'm also like thinking that this is more than just a newsletter that is subscription-based or at least it could be and there are probably some different revenue streams that we could tap to pull in you know money here and there that really puts us above the bare minimum of what we need to do and i'm also kind of reconsidering what our bare minimum should be because I could get a job, you know, locally and make 50 grand or whatever. Um, And it's a lot less stress than this. So if we're going to continue this, I kind of want to be, you know, financially stable, not just struggling to get by like I would be with any job in journalism. So I'd I'd say I'm like a six or a seven as far as like happiness with uh, where things are.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm genuinely surprised at where we've gotten Um, but at the same time, I feel the same stress, you know, what's the trade-off here in that? I mean, if we, if you look at the, what it's like to be self-employed is you pay more in taxes, you don't have health insurance, you have to pay for that out of pocket. Uh, you don't have a 401k match or anything like that. So if you include like the compensation you get at a job for sure, we're making less money now. Um, and we, we want to be making you know, at least breaking breaking even to what we would at a job. But if not more, I mean, th- there is a lot of stress that comes with having to be in charge of not just journalism, but running a business, which are two totally, totally different things. And in many ways on the business end, we're just totally out of our depth. Um, but we've learned a ton and we're trying to work with other people to understand, you know, is, are there ways that other small outlets can work together? Are there ways that we can work with other people on Substack to learn what's working for them and and see what we can implement. And everybody in this space of being a small media company is really collaborative and helpful, which is nice, Um, but there's not like any surefire success out there. There's no model for what we're doing. We're just throwing spaghetti at the wall a little.
0: Well, and I guess we should say we've done all this without any kind of marketing so far. Like we have not done anything except for, you know, occasionally going on the political talk shows on Sundays or whatever uh, to kind of market ourselves. And so we're kind of putting together some sort of a marketing plan just to stretch our reach. Um, and hopefully that actually works, because I think that, you know, we've probably reached about as far as we can without actually trying to get this into people's hands. Um, Word of mouth will take you so far, but I think we're probably getting close to saturating that market, you know?
1: Yeah. And I I think one one of the things that we set out to do was to reach people who weren't, you know, who weren't political insiders. And we know that we have a lot of political insiders who read everything that we do closely because it's part of their job, essentially. And I think that's why we've had A good number of paid people you know there are people who can expense this for work um and they do but tapping beyond that is really where the challenge is and it's something that newspapers have had a challenge with for a long time so it's no surprise that we're having that challenge too so you know if you have
0: pressed though when i look at our like our subscriber list especially like just our active readers or our paid readers um and i don't know them I know a lot of the um political types when i look through are free uh readers and i notice they're not paying but i'm always impressed with the number of people who i don't have a clue who this is they just seem like you know john q citizen or whatever who are actually paying for this newsletter
1: right i love that i think that's the that's really the coolest part of this is that it does seem like it's filling a need for people and that's really all we hoped for was that it was useful information that people could then use to get involved and um, I, we do hear from people that that they use it that way so um, and then for some of the things too that are not necessarily tailored to the insider audience like for instance our, our most recent zine which was about how a bill becomes a law you know that's not tailored for somebody who already knows that process um, and that kind of thing doesn't necessarily go viral but we'll hear from people that they're using it in their classroom to help their students understand how processes work and you know they're sharing it with someone who just moved here. And and those sorts of things are harder to quantify. That's that's what I've meant earlier when I said, it's hard to get beyond just these like internet metrics of who's clicking on things because those other things are less direct and less tangible, but they're perhaps more impactful.
0: So what are our exact numbers? Where are we at?
1: As of today, we are somewhere around 3,100 overall on our list, Um, so 3,100. And of those, I think, Uh, more than 800 have chosen to pay. Um, And that's the percentage of people who've chosen to pay for our publication is somewhere along the lines of 25% or more at any given time. Uh, The average or what I guess what Substack considers good in that range is somewhere between five to 10%. So on that front, our conversion rate is absolutely stellar. Everything we've heard is that it's kind of you know unheard of to have that kind of a rate so we're really excited about that where we struggle is just growing the overall you know size of the list and in our previous update for for those of you who've been around that long but for those of you who haven't our previous update i think we had about 2500 um overall on the list so you can see that our growth has sort of stagnated like we definitely grew we added you know 600 some people since then but you know, compared to the 2,500 we added in the first three months, it's, it's a smaller amount.
0: Plus we have like a hundred people who we've uh, comped subscriptions to. So hopefully they're good for it when the uh, time comes.
1: I mean, should we, we should discuss our um, paywall strategy. We do I mean, all of this, you know, all of our growth is we don't even have really a paywall. There are a couple things we paywall so far, but our philosophically, we we prefer not to. So we keep everything as free as possible. Um, but you know, we're starting to add little enticements for subscribers that seem to work.
0: And I think at some point we might have to just threaten to put up a paywall and say, if enough of you pay, we won't put up a paywall. Yeah. I like that strategy.
1: So do you have a plea for everyone to help us?
0: Um, if you are a small business owner or a marketing expert expert <laughs> <laughs> or just have an idea of uh how we can grow this thing. We would love to hear from you. That is so helpful. We've had a couple of people reach out. We've had a lot of people reach out and say, "If you need help, let us know, but we're not really smart enough to know what we need help with." So, just tell us what we should be doing better if you have a thought. Um email us, whatever. We'd be happy to take you out to coffee. Um but yeah, I think that would be really helpful because we have a lot of people in this, you know, kind of small world who run their own businesses and who understand, you know, some trial and error things they've picked up that we could benefit from.
1: For sure. I would say my my summation here is we're still having a good time. There are so many times in a day where we genuinely giggle for like minutes over our own jokes. So we're still, you know, at least enjoying ourselves and we know that we need to kick it into high gear on the non-journalism things while still focusing on creating great original reporting. So it just remains a really difficult job, but one that, you know, we're pretty committed to. Okay, bye.
0: Okay, bye.